Season 2, and we're kicking it off hot, man. Last week we had uh, Peter from Ireland come on, and this week we have a very special guest who I've been excited to speak to for weeks, and my introduction couldn't do her justice because I can't continue to heap enough praise, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Thank you, Buggy. I appreciate it. That's a very, very uh, sweet intro. So my name is Caitlin. I am a sex and relationship coach. I'm a uh, I'm a sex coach uh, for Pornhub. I'm sorry, I'm a sex educator for Pornhub. And I'm also the co-producer of a show called Watch Girls Watch Porn, which is uh, basically, it's a talk show on Pornhub. So think of Howard Stern meets The View, where I invite guests on and we interact with over-the-top pornography. And these are other porn stars that you have on that you interview? Sometimes, sometimes they are porn creators, but sometimes they are um, strippers, they're sex workers of various types, or comedians. Those are the, the those are the range of people we've had on. Awesome. Yeah, I've seen uh, a few episodes on Pornhub. I was only there for research, <laughs> you know, purely, sure, purely research sure, sure. purposes. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm glad you did your homework. All right, let's go ahead and uh, jump right into it. Oh, yeah, I always like to, to know a little bit. That's why I was like, I was so excited to have you on. You know, we've uh, had another uh, sexpert on, as I love yeah. to call him, my uh, co-host for season two. A uh, little teaser for you guys, uh, Gallo. Uh, love so Gallo. Let me go ahead and start off hot here. So what inspired you to become a sex coach? And what exactly does your work involve? Yeah, so I, um, the going back all the way to the beginning, right? So basically I was raised in a household where we weren't um, encouraged to talk about emotions or really just like talk about tough things happening in life. And when I got older and I realized that that didn't serve me well, I actually ended up going to rehab for an eating disorder. And all of that was around not being able to express my emotions. So I was, I was taking it out in a different way. And then, so once I got, once I got help for myself, I really, um, I like 
I was bit by the bug of talking about things. That became a really important thing for me. Um, and then when I actually went and got my master's in counseling, I took it a step further of, you know, think of thinking about, okay, what is the thing that we really are not supposed to talk about? And that's sex, right? We're, we're, we're told that that is the ultimate, like, okay, don't talk about feelings, but definitely don't talk about your feelings around sex or any type of sexual issues that you have. Um, so that got me really interested and really curious about the subject matter. I, I, second thing is that um, there is a stereotype in the mental health community that if if you are if you're that if you're in that profession, it's because you're fucked up yourself. <laughs> and in that case, I 100% am right. And uh, you know, so so they try to they try to work out their own issues by getting into that profession. For me, I had issues with sex for so long, and I didn't know where to go for help. So I um, actually had pain with sex up until about a year ago, my entire life. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand intercourse other than equating pain to intercourse. Um, also, I have never been able to come organically with a partner without also using vibrator. And I thought there was something wrong with me, right? I thought like, Okay, well, this isn't this isn't what I see in porn. This isn't this isn't what uh, you know is supposed to happen by society, right? And um, you know that that is still a thing that I'm personally working on with myself. But also getting to the point of being able to flip that in my head and be like, oh my god, wait, it's actually amazing that I can orgasm because there's actually a pro there's about ten percent of the female population who doesn't experience orgasm, right? And I actually have it. And just because I use the tool with it, why why is that a negative thing? And that kind of goes back to societal scripts that we have around what sex is supposed to be and about you know what what is what is right and what is wrong. Did I answer your question? I think I did. <laughs> oh definitely yeah, well, I know that a lot of women actually can't just like come through penetration alone. Yeah. I know some need like oral stimulation or clitoral stimulation and stuff like that. So I, I, I know a lot of guys kind of think like, especially when it's more like an ego hit, when they're like, oh, why can't I make my girl come? And it's kind of sometimes not really on the guy entirely. It's kind of just, I noticed from a lack of communication, because yeah. like how you said a little bit, I think porn kind of affects it a little bit where it's like, oh, I, on porn, I see all these girls cream pieing and squirting and doing all this other shit. And why can't, why, why doesn't my yeah. girl do that? You know what I mean? Like, why can't I get her to do that? Instead of having the adult mature conversation of, hey, what do you need to climax? What do you need me to do? How can I be a better sexual partner to you? And I think that's important whether you're in a relationship or it's just somebody that you're casually having sex with. You know what I mean? You want it to be enjoyable for both of you. So you want to be like, you know, what, what positions do you, do you, do you enjoy the most? What, like, how can I help you come? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? But I think a lot of guys, sometimes they take it as an ego hit. Cause they're like, I know everything about fucking sex. I'm the man. You don't need to tell me shit. I'm just going to mm -hmm. do what I do with every other girl that I've ever seen on Pornhub ever. And that yeah. shit's going to work. Yeah. And, and, and that, it, that is a, uh, that is a thought process that is, that is 
bad for the guy and then also for the girl, right? And uh, yeah, I, I I think you're I think you're completely accurate that a lot of guys get into that. And um, communication makes such a big difference because uh, only thirty percent of women actually come from uh, from uh, penetration, right? They have internal orgasms. Everybody else, the other seventy percent, they mostly have a combination of either clitoral stimulation that or that contributes to orgasm or a combination of the two and so that's most women right and and to complicate matters each woman is going to come differently right so it's important to go hey like be open-minded and understand like this person girlfriend A is going to be different from girlfriend B. And then also girlfriend B could be different one month compared to the next month or one day to the next day. So yeah, communication is, is the way to get around that. Yeah, de- definitely got to be uh, willing to communicate mm-hmm. with your partner. So how can someone know if they would benefit from working with a sex yeah. coach? So if you have any type of sexual issues that you want to get over, So common things that I work with are going to be early or delayed ejaculation, um, you know, issues with orgasm. Uh, I like working with a lot of uh, kinks and fetishes, people who are trying to overcome uh, maybe some shame that they have around a desire that they're interested in. Um, I also like working with couples who have issues around uh, navigating non-monogamy or um, who have a desire discrepancy. So each couple is going to have a desire discrepancy. So one person is going to want more sex than the other person, or they're going to want a different type of sex than the other person. So bridging the gap through communication is really helpful. Um, yeah. So those are so basically anybody who has a sexual issue that they want to work through, and or anybody who just wants to get better at understanding their own sexuality or the sexuality of other people. Yeah, no, I definitely agree that that's uh, very important. Uh, how do you approach addressing sexual dysfunction with clients? Like, let's say, like how you said, like elongated. Uh, like like it takes you longer to come or you feel like you're just ejaculating too quickly or maybe like a, a shame with a fetish yeah. or something like that? Yeah, so so all of those issues are going to be completely different, uh, different therapy approaches. I'm sorry, I said therapy. My background is um, I'm, I'm trained as a counselor, but I don't I don't work as a therapist. What I do as a coach is more directive. Um, but around those around those the different types of issues um so for for a client with early ejaculation i would get into okay well why do you specifically have early ejaculation because there there are a number of different things that could lead to that it could be medical it could be an issue with the relationship it could be an issue around uh you know stress in life it could be uh, cognitive thought processes, right? So having bad thought processes around sex, thinking that um, you know they're they're wrong because they didn't make their wife orgasm through penetration, things like that. So I would address the specific issues going on with that person, and um, and then create a tailored plan of action on how to uh, how to get better and how to get over that. 
Um, so that's a complicated way of saying every person is different uh, and every every plan of action and plan of healing is going to be is going to be different depending on their issues. But everybody's going to have um, an individualized plan. So do you think because this is something me and Gaio talked about the importance of like stroking a man's ego? Because I do think that that's sort of in, in, important for a man. You know what I mean? Because let's be honest, men are mostly ego. And I think that it's important that you that you tend to stroke mm -hmm. that ego uh, as, as somebody's mm -hmm. partner. Because like you said, sometimes you get it kind of in your head as a man where, like I said, your ego is kind of affected when you feel like you're not pleasing your partner or your partner is unsatisfied in some sort of way. Strict, speaking strictly yeah. sexually. So honestly, I think that both sexes have ego put like caught up in sex they just manifest themselves in a different way so guys feel like uh you know i I, sh I should be able to do this or i should should just get be good at this and if i'm not then there's something wrong with me but then also women uh they 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 feel like they feel a very similar type of thing but it's more performance uh oriented so i should be performing better i should you know i should be able to experience i should be experiencing more pleasure i should be able to make my partner come all of those types of things but i think that it is um a really good idea to just always encourage your partners during sex so saying things like god you are like i really love when you do this thing i really love when you do this thing and it Honestly, that's really helpful for teaching somebody how to pleasure you correctly. If you're saying like, wow, I really like when you lightly flick my clit. I love that. That drives me insane. Well, now that person feels good about themselves. But then on top of that, they know what you like, right? They, you didn't say about the ear blowing because maybe you really didn't like the ear blowing that much. It was fine. It was mediocre. But the, the clit flicking like you fucking love that and you let them know and when when you tell somebody yeah. that they're good at something then they get that like internalized feeling of wow accomplishment right we we as humans really like to accomplish things we like to know that we that we did good that we're that we're good at that thing um and so that is a really good feeling but then on top of that it's going to make them want to do it more Right. So like if you really liked that they did, did that thing and then you encourage them, then they'll go, oh, yeah, I, I liked I liked how it felt when she said that <laughs> she said I was good and then I want to do it again. So consistently yeah. encouraging your partner during sex. But then also on top of that, um, you know, body image is a huge one, too. So telling your partner that, hey, baby, I love the way your body looks right now. I fucking love it. I love the way you move. I love the way that, you know, I love I love the way your 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 color the color in your skin changes. I love the size of your penis. I love the size of your penis, right? Because that is a huge one for guys. As we all, you know, most most yeah. men don't don't see penises out in the world except for on porn. And they're erect and they're they're giant, right? Like you might see it at the gym or you might see, especially if you're in sports, but those are flaccid penises and penises change in size uh, when, when they're erect. So if you're looking at 
porn all the time and you're just seeing giant penises, um, that is, I mean, it's just, it, it is ripe with creating issues around, um, uh, around enjoying your penis, right? And that is probably one of the biggest questions I get is, is my dick, is my dick okay? Is it okay? And the answer is, yeah, man, like, whatever, <laughs> whatever, yeah. whatever size it is, it is okay. It's actually, um, you know, there, there are popular songs that talk about like having big, having big dicks and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean that everybody feels that way. It just, there are, there are minorities who actually like that, but if they're vocal about it, then, uh, you know, it just kind of, um, it makes it to where it feels more prevalent than what it really is. Yeah. Cause I feel like societally, that's the thing that's like promoted is, you know, like, Oh, I, 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 I want, I want a big dick Jody. I want, you know, gotta, gotta have a hook in it or, you know, whatever, you know, they'd be saying in the songs and stuff like that, where they're like, Oh, if he, uh, you know, I, I call it the, the rule of six, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Women want a, a six inch penis, a six foot guy who makes six figures. Like that's the uh, ideal man that's, you know, put out there. So a lot of guys do feel like incompetent or they feel like they're lacking of, I mean, I kind of dealt with it myself when I was, when I was a kid, cause you know, I'm, I'm a kid porn. is like very prevalent. So I used to watch porn and you know, like you said, you see these like just massive fucking hogs on your screen and you're like, Oh my God, like my dick is tiny and in inferior. And then, you know, I went to uh, gym class, I think it was like seventh grade. And then that's like the first time I was in gym and then, you know, we all got a shower together and then, you know, yeah, uh, you, you look around basically. And, you know, if you say you don't, you're a liar, but that's cool. You know, you, you look around and then you, you get a peek. Like, oh no, I'm doing all right for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh. yeah, you know, I mean, you're not staring, you know, it's not like admiration, but you're just kind of like, well, how am I, how am I sizing up in this locker room right here? You know yeah. what I mean? So you kind of. That's that's honestly what broke the mold in my mind where I realized like, oh damn, like I'm actually doing like pretty okay for myself. You know what I mean? Where I was like, oh, I'm putting too much pressure on myself and porn is giving me a negative perception of this fake reality I've put in my head of what I Definitely. think sex is. Because I remember like when I lost my virginity, I uh my my partner, she was way more experienced than I was. She had already had like multiple partners and stuff like that. And you know, this is my first yeah. time. So I just did a bunch of shit I saw on the internet, not knowing any fucking better. You know? yeah, yeah. So I'm just doing that. And then I was like, trusting, trusting is what I do. Not for me. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, I, the whole time I was in yeah. my head, cause I'm like, man, I'm gonna be fucking terrible at this. Like I, I actually didn't, like I, I couldn't even climax the first time I had sex. Cause I was so in my head about like, is she enjoying this? Is like this going good? I hope she doesn't think I'm a newbie because I, I don't know how, but prior to us sleeping together, the conversation of sex came up and then that's how I found out she was more experienced than I was. And that put me mm -hmm. in my head like, oh my God, she knows what good is and I'm going to be fucking terrible. Well, here's the thing. You know she didn't know what good is. Nobody knows what good is when you first have sex. And it takes women usually until their fucking 30s to, to go like, oh, that's good sex. <laughs> But yes, the first time can be so nerve-wracking for, I mean, for everyone, but especially if you have been watching and trying to measure yourself compared to porn. 
Do you know what that? Do you know what the? Uh, oh no no no! Go ahead. Do you know what the the most preferred penis size is by woman? I think it's like five inches, isn't it? Like it's average. It's fucking yeah yeah. You're right. You're right. It's average, right? So so the way that bell curves work, right? So if you've got if you you know looks like this, you've got small penises, small penises, which I'm not saying in a negative way, right? But people immediately assume that it's that it's negative, but 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 smaller than average, right? Which you're right, five point five is average, and uh, you know bigger penises. They there are you know there's there's only a few men with big penises, big, and then there's only a few uh, guys with small penises, right? Most most men have average, well, the same exact bell curve happens for women's preferences, right? So so most women just want average, which is what is out there. And then every now and then some like the big one and then every now and then some like the smaller one. And, um, you know, go, going back to, uh, to, to like pop culture and, and women specifically vocalizing that, that they want a big dick, I think that it's probably I think that it's more people do that because it's popular because it's like oh it's you know it's it's like a cool thing to say because of porn but in reality most most women really don't want that and the ones who do want there are some who they just that is their thing that is the thing that helps them come or it's the thing that they just really like and then they might just be very vocal about it because it's cool to be vocal about it but there, there's the same population of women who also want a small penis. It's just not hip to talk about, but they're out there. Yeah, well, because you know, the, there are some women that have like shallow vaginas, and a lot of people don't know this, but you know, the the uh, vagina does have like, you know, for lack of a better yeah. term, an end. You know what I mean? To where like it gets to that point where after that it stops being comfortable and it stops being sexual and it just becomes like yeah. pain. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, and some women are turned on by pain and stuff like that, but I think a lot of guys get it into their head, again, because like culturally and societally, you know, we hear all the songs talking about, like I said, I, I, I want a yeah. big dick and all this other shit. And then you see porn and you see these girls orgasming all over themselves and screaming and coming and you're like, oh my God, like I don't measure up like that. Like I'm never going to be able to please yeah. a woman type thing where they're not actually realizing that that's not reality. You know what I mean? That's a perception that's being given because it's just like culturally okay to sort of like propagate that information where, like you said, where if you get with a sex coach, they'll tell you more honestly, like, hey, listen, your dick is fine and it's probably not even a you problem. Your woman probably just needs more from you, like be, to be stimulated differently. And you're too afraid to talk to her because you're so worried yeah, about the size of your absolutely. dick. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was just I was just also gonna add to what you're talking about with uh, you know, with with some people having shorter vaginas. I actually have a tilted uterus, which makes it to where um intercourse with anybody any any but honestly, anybody average was painful to me. So I, I needed smaller penises and um my husband has an average size penis. And so I actually had to use, basically it's kind of like a retainer to stretch my fucking vagina. And it was painful, 
it's a bit weird, and I you just kind of like keep it in there, and it's like, oh god. But it was painful, and but I got used to it. Where now I don't, I don't have pain during sex. But there, there, there are women out there like me who, you know, I was, I was doing okay with the smaller ones, but everything, anything bigger than that, I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I think it's just all in preference, and I don't think you should be scared to talk to your partner and be like, hey, listen, like, hey, you know, don't ask questions that you know what I'm saying are like. Like, don't be like, do you think my dick is small or shit like that? I mean, like, have a genuine, a genuine conversation with your partner. Like, hey, what can I do to maybe, like, you know, help increase your pleasure? Like, do you maybe need a toy? Do you need a vibrator? Do you need me to play with your nipples? Do you prefer when I give you oral? Stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be vocal about it. And I think some people, like I said, they see it taboo where they're like, I shouldn't talk about this. Or, like, some people are like, no, you just need to figure my body out. And I, I don't think that that's really healthy. You need to have a conversation so i i actually um i had a client who he told me that his wife was terrible at giving blowjobs they've been together for 10 years and uh you know he he said bless her heart she's just so bad at oral sex and i was like oh interesting <laughs> bless her heart, bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> and, and i was like that's some down, that's some down south shit. I know all about that down here. Yeah, where are you at? <laughs> I, I'm oh, awesome. you get it. You hear it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Dallas. And uh in a in Dallas. And yeah, so he, you know, said, God, she's just so bad at oral sex. And I got interested in that. You know, I said, Well, tell me how you're giving her feedback. How are you giving her directions? And he was like, Oh no, I would never, I would never say anything like that to her. And this poor, this poor woman, she has been, she's been on her knees for 10 years, doing her best, doing her, like doing all of her tricks, all of her movements. <laughs> and this guy has not given her the chance to change, to grow, to, because not gonna freaking know what feels she's not a mind we're not mind readers right and and this guy thinks that he is saving her by not talking about it but he's actually doing more damage so transparency is harder yeah i think it's i think it's making it worse definitely but it's hard it's vulnerable to be transparent (laughs) it's scary because we have to we have to we have to give we have to tell our needs, and then that person may not care about our needs. And then on top of that, um, you know, we've got fear around handling somebody else's disappointment. Because, yeah, maybe he did say, maybe if he were to say something like that, she would feel bad about herself. But as a significant other and somebody that we're married to, you you, you got to learn how to get comfortable with uncomfortable emotions. And then help walk her through that. Yeah, I also think it's all about like communication and stuff like that. Like not necessarily what you're saying, yeah. but how you're saying it. Which sort of leads me into my next question, which is how can couples improve communication and consent in their relationship? Yeah. So uh, you're right. Uh, the the way that you say something, how do you say something, is really uh, huge, and it it makes a giant difference. So if that specific client were to say honey, you're awful. You're awful at giving blowjobs. And I don't like when you 
grip my penis really tight. It actually hurts. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't liked it for 10 years. You don't want to say something like that. What you can say on the flip side is, yeah. um, baby, I love, I love that you are excited about oral sex. I love that you give me oral sex. That is so hot. Um, I really like it when you use a lighter grip on my penis, right? So, so by, by, by talking about the positives and saying, I like it when you do this, rather than saying, I don't like it when you do that is, is kind is a better way to go overall. Um, although there's sometimes there are times where, you know, you just, you can, you can't say, Hey, I, when you did, when you did this thing, it was a little bit painful for me, but just by not focusing on the negative a lot and highlighting more positive, um, aspects that can be really helpful. And also talking about sex outside of the bedroom. No, yeah, I was, I was just I was just gonna say that I, I definitely agree with that. Like it's it's all in the the delivery. You should build on the positives instead of focusing on the negatives and kind of use like a, what I would call gentle encouragement. You know what I mean? Where it's kind of like, oh, babe, like I just uh, random example here. Let's just say having a conversation with a girl. Uh, damn, babe, you know I I really like the way you give me a blowjob. That's just so hot. I love when you look up into my eyes and stuff like that you know what, I, I want to try something. Why don't, like, you let me just kind of like, you know, you can kind of turn it into like a little kinky like mm -hmm. fantasy type thing where you're like, let me be the headmaster, the teacher, the principal, whatever the fuck. And you just, you do whatever I say. Because, you know, I like it when you follow directions. And then you just kind of turn it into a fun little game. And then she sees the actual excitement. And, you know, she's like, oh shit, like, hell yeah. Like, he really likes when, when we do this yeah. shit. And then, you know, she... She'll remember that, and same same way for guys. You know what I mean? Like when you're down there, you know, be a little crude when you're you know eating pussy or something like that. You know what I mean? Giving a cunnilingus, you know, I just like, like I feel like some women they kind of don't want to give direction. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, well, I'm sorry. Say the last part one more time. Some women don't want to give direction. Yeah, like like they kind of don't want to like, uh, and I think it's also some women they don't know what they like because they don't really like. You know, there's that like sort of shame aspect where you're sort of shamed for like wanting to please yourself and you some people are told like, oh, that's a bad thing to be so open about sex or to try to like pleasure yourself yeah. and shit like that. Like, no, man, like just imagine I'm your fucking fingers. Tell me where to touch. You know, tell me if you like it soft, you like it hard. Like, let's let's let me learn. Fucking yeah. Here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So so especially for women, um, you know, it can take a long time for women to get comfortable with their bodies and then to actually legitimately know what gets them off because sometimes it takes a lot of sometimes it literally just takes a lot of time and a lot of practice again that's another reason why women for the majority have their best sex in their 30s because they 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 finally have masturbated enough they've tried enough things to be able to go oh oh this is what I like and I've been doing it this way or my partner's been doing it this way and 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 now I can now I can actually finally explain that but it's also um it can feel it can feel scary again it is vulnerable to vocalize the things that we want and need um you know something you can also do if if it feels scary is um you don't have to do it in the moment 
you can actually do it outside of the bedroom. So maybe, you know, when you're going for a walk or when you are, uh, you know, when you're at dinner, something like that, you can say, hey, I really, um, I find it really sexy. Um, and I would, I would like for you to do more nipple play, or I would like for you to, um, you know, I, I would like to do more, um, you know, role play type stuff. Um, so, so talking about that type of stuff outside of the bedroom can be really good. You can't really give specific, you know, explanations for how, like how I want my clip stroked outside of the bedroom, but, but talking about, um, other kind of like maybe like bigger desires, that is, that's a good time and place. Yeah. Kind of just leading your partner. So when you get into the bedroom, you could kind of be like, you know, just. Like, oh, why don't you show me what you were talking about? Like, you know, yeah. something like that. Uh, so how do you want to explore and like embrace their kinks and fetishes in a safe and consensual manner? Yeah, so uh, that is one of my favorite type of client to work with uh, because I, again, like what I talked with previously, I hate not being able to talk about things or I hate like not being able to vocalize things. And there's so much shame that goes around fetishes or kinks. And so when somebody sees me and I get to hear them out and then also listen to them in a way that is non-judgmental, it feels really, um, it can feel really powerful. Uh, but you don't, you don't need to have a professional to have that same type of feeling of being with another person who's non-judgmental. What, uh, what I recommend people do is go find communities like yourself that have like-minded interests. So, you know, if you're, if you're at Starbucks and you're into feet and you have a foot fetish, and you talk to your, you know, the person next to you in line about like, wow, the, you know, last night I had, I got to suck on these really great, like amazing toes. <laughs> like, first of all, you probably shouldn't be talking about sex stuff at a Starbucks. That's not the best example. <laughs> let's say, let's say you're actually on a date with somebody, but, it, but it's like a vanilla date that you found on a vanilla dating app, right? And you talk about being interested in feet and then you are just it is more likely that you are going to interact with somebody who's going to have a negative uh thought process around that or be judgmental um whereas you know if you put yourself in situations and circumstances where people are more open-minded that is a great way to get more secure in your fetish and your desire and then be able to explore that. So the best way is to find somebody who has similar thoughts or desires to you is by going on Reddit, honestly, subreddits around different types of kinks. So, you know, if it's feet or if it's, uh, you know, feminization or wearing nylons, there's going to be a subreddit for that. And then go into these subreddits and read about other people who are interested in that and read about other people who desire that. So that's also another thing. When people when people find something um, like feet sexy and then they they can sometimes feel like, 
Nobody else is going to want this. Nobody else is going to be want to be on the receiving end. Well, guess what? There are. There are people who are very into that. Um, they're just not out there vocalizing it because they're, they're, they have experienced shame about it as well. So if you go into these subreddits and then you see people who, de who, who desire feet, but then also people who want their feet to be desired. Oh my God. Like that is such a mind blowing thing to experience too. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be Reddit. Reddit's just really diverse, but it could also be, um, you know, there's tons of blogs out there around, um, you know, alternative lifestyles. Also getting, getting into sex positive and kinky communities. So things like FetLife or if, especially if you live in a big city or any really medium, medium sized city to big city. You can look up events around, uh, you know, kinky or alternative lifestyle type people and then go hang out with them because the, even if they're not into the same fetish or desire that you're into, they are still going to be more open-minded in general because they have, they have dealt with their own alternative thing. And so when you say your alternative thing, they'll be like, oh, that's cool. I do this. <laughs> So, so that is a really good way to get integrated with yourself, become more comfortable with yourself, um, find find other people like you. Yeah, because uh, it's like uh, it's like Dio says, you know, nobody wears a sign that says, "Hey, I'm a kinkster." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's you're you're it, that's probably far few in between. I'm sure there might be somebody with a shirt that says, you know, "Suck my toes" or something. But you know, on a regular everyday basis, gonna be a little bit harder. So yeah, it's definitely. A good to reach out and uh, find yeah. your community. I, I would Great. say, so that that kind of uh, you you brought up something about like online dating and stuff like that. So how can individuals navigate like the complexities of online dating and hookup culture while protecting their own well being, like their own mental yeah. health and their own, you know, like practicing safe sex and stuff like that. Which I think you should always practice safe sex. You should get checked up. Uh, every time you get a new partner, you know, before y'all have sex and after y'all have sex, you should always get yourself tested and checked out. I'm a big proponent of that. And you should always use yeah. protection. I agree with you. And also, I didn't realize until just recently that most most cities have access to free STD testing. I've been paying for it for, for the longest time. I had no idea that you could just Google free STD testing. Cause I remember I was telling uh, uh, a friend of mine um, uh, who's gay and he's like, I'm sorry, you've been paying for it. Like you just go, go down, like there's a clinic down the road. Like you can get that for free. So that's good. So look up free STD testing because if it's free there, that's another barrier to why there's no reason to not do it frequently. Um, on top of that, you can you can Google free condoms, like free condom delivery, and almost uh, every state and every city will send you free condoms. There are certain packages where you can have a subscription. They send you free condoms every month. Again, it's where like you. It's so it's so easy to do. It's so readily available. So that's all very cool. Um, the first question was around dating apps. So dating apps is complex. Yeah, it's definitely complex. So for some people, they find it 
easy to find matches or they find it easy to find other like some people they get on there and they're like oh this is kind of easy but then some people have and i would say probably the majority of people have some type of difficulty with it part of the issue is that men and women are looking for different things on the app so when women get on the app they're going uh who am i going to spend the rest of my life with and then guys are like, who can I get tonight? <laughs> so so there, uh, there, are, there are women who get a ton of matches, but then they feel frustrated with the lack of, um, maybe, maybe, uh, the lack of finding a person who, who actually wants to be in a relationship. So they get a ton of matches, but then they're, then they're annoyed by that the matches are not good and then there are men who get upset by the lack of matches so one of the things that you can do in this situation is you can just beef up your profile so that means taking good photos uh it means being thoughtful about about the description so don't just put nothing in there put some information about yourself be personal um you can do that or you can just kind of say, oh, God, fuck the, da- fuck the dating apps. And how do I meet somebody genuinely in person? And that takes more time. It's definitely going to take more time. Um, but it can, it, can feel, um, it can feel really good to some people who are frustrated with the dating app situation. So ways to meet people in real life are, you know, Join classes. That's an amazing one. Start, you know, doing yoga. Start doing CrossFit. Start doing improv classes. Start doing, uh, you know, painting, doing cooking, doing hiking things. You know, hiking communities, things, things like that. Go to your local target. <laughs> Go to your local target. Um, yeah, there. And there are, if you just kind of go out and about into the real world and, and, and meet people doing things that you already like to do, that is a great way to, to, to actually connect with people if you're feeling frustrated by the apps. Yeah, I think that you should, like, if, if you want somebody that's into, you know, like, rock climbing or into hiking, because that's what you're into, you know, you can find, like, uh, I know it's mostly for old people, but I'm an old fuck. So you can go to like Facebook, you know what I mean? And like join a community where it's like people that go hiking yeah. on the weekends. And then you join that community, find out where y'all meet up. You go meet up for, for a hike or whatever. And then, you know, you, you meet people in real life. I always think that it's better for people to meet in real life. One, because I mean, with with dating apps and stuff like that, it's mostly just like a photo, which, you know, uh, I'm on the Tinder subreddit. Because I give, like, a lot of guys, like, you know, advice on how to fix their profile and shit like yeah. that. Because a lot of guys, they don't really get a lot of matches. And I see it, and it's, like, the bathroom selfie and just, like, a bunch of yeah. you know, terrible yeah. fucking photos yeah. with terrible focus, yeah. not doing anything. And I'm like, man, if you really want to, like, shine on these dating apps, you can hire a professional photographer for relatively cheap. And, you know, just go take pictures in the wild or ask a friend or a waitress or a bartender, somebody to take a photo of you doing fun things. It's showing that you have a fun lifestyle that somebody would want to be a part of as far as like, uh, I'm not speaking just uh, strictly from the male side, you know, women want to feel like when they're on these dating apps, like how you said, a lot of them, 
want to be with somebody who, you know, it like, I don't want to say mirrors their lifestyle, but things that they have in common. So, you know, if you like rock climbing, you know, have a photo of you climbing a fucking, you know, uh, one of those indoor rock climbing facilities. Ask the instructor to take a photo of you if you can mm -hmm. while you're rock climbing or what, whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, I think a lot of guys kind of like shoot themselves in the foot because they're like, you, you hear about how easy it is on dating apps. So you kind of just take it for granted. So you kind of just like half-ass it. Like you said, you'll put a terrible fucking description. Your photos are very subpar. You know what I mean? You don't have any information filled out or anything like that. And your photos are so blurry, they can't even yeah. verify yeah. you on there. Like that That's another big thing I always, I always say. You should have your photos verified because people want to know that you're a real mm -hmm. person. You know, but that, that's what I said. Uh, to, to me, I, I prefer to meet people in, in real life because also I think that you kind of get a better feel for somebody because, you know, you get that like mm -hmm. instant attraction. You know what I mean? Like they, you can kind of feel it. What some people call like mm -hmm. the vibe or whatever. You know, you kind of just get that sort of like gelling and stuff like that. You can kind of see how the conversation goes. And, you know, I also think me, me personally, again, speaking from the male side, it's easier to gauge like a woman's engagement level from having an actual conversation yeah. just naturally in the in the wild as far as like you're texting for a couple of hours and then all of a sudden you never mm -hmm. hear from her again but because she's constantly getting blown up on these dating apps and shit like that so you, you you're you're playing against the numbers yeah. you know what i mean you're putting yourself in a terrible position when it comes to being the most attractive yeah. on these dating yeah. apps um and and I like that you were, you know, you talked about joining the Facebook groups um, and stuff and stuff like that. So uh, I like that none of the suggestions you gave or I gave were go to a bar because I think that sometimes people hear like, oh, real life. That means go get go get fucked up and pick up a girl at a bar. Um, I just I think that. I think that any time, um, you know, you're in a scenario where you're just where you're fucked up, right? It is going to be so much harder to find a person who you really gel with. Because I mean, a, like a couple of glasses of wine or something, like let's say you're doing wine tasting, something like that, that that is fine. But being in a party environment and drinking a lot or being, you know, fucked up in other ways, um, clouds your ability to really understand whether or not you gel with that yeah because also i mean you have alcohol your inhibitions are low you're more likely to say some dumb shit not only that i'm not saying you can't go to a bar and hook up and stuff like that and i'm not saying that you can't go to a bar and meet somebody you have a connection with but that shit is so far few and in between man again you're playing against the numbers because you got a bunch of other drunk guys looking for drunk women to hit on Definitely. so you know what i mean you're, you're just kind of playing yourself a little bit and then also especially as a guy sometimes you're definitely playing against yourself because there are some guys there at that bar that they have a higher amount of disposable income where they'll just throw their wallet at a girl. You know what I mean? They'll just flood her with drinks all night mm -hmm. to steal mm -hmm. her attention, even though she sometimes has no intention of dealing with this man whatsoever. But now you don't even have a chance to introduce yourself or make an impression on her because she has to yeah. pay attention to this guy who's buying her and her three friends drinks mm -hmm. all fucking night. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then, you're having a yell because nobody can fucking hear each oh, other God, around the yeah. music. You know what I mean? So that's why, like, you go to dance class, you go to, you know what I mean? There are other things that involve like either, like, social things where it's not just, like, a drunk hookup culture. Right. 
Again, not telling you yeah. not to go to the bar, but you're you're playing against yeah. yourself here. Like you're really uh, you're limiting yourself to the amount of potential good partners you can expose yourself to in that yeah. type of environment. I agree. Oh yeah, definitely. How do you think that societal expectations and norms impact sexual expression? And how can individuals work to overcome these, like, barriers? There are so many things that, uh, that, that come from society that affect us that we don't even notice, right? That we don't, we like, you're, this is also getting into, like, oh, a weird thought process of, are there, are there any, are there really any thoughts that we have that are our own? Because everything, to some degree, is something that we've heard from another person, is a thing that we have heard from our family, our friends, society as a whole, right? So I think that, uh, you know, when when we run into issues and, and you know, maybe it's around, like, fe- feeling like my dick isn't big enough because this, cause everything else in my life has told me I need to have a big dick, I need to have a big dick. Society has told me I need to have a big dick. Well, then that's the moment that we kind of need to reassess. Okay, is this is this narrative mine? And is this true? This has been told to me my whole life. Is this even true? Is this even real? Is this even representative of me and what I think? Um, to the and to the best of my ability of what is real of what I really think. Because again, if to some degree, I don't think we have any thoughts. After a few technical Bam. difficulties, <laughs> we've got it sorted out. <laughs> so, hey, thank you so much for yep. joining me, man. This was such a fun episode. Very informative. I hope you guys learned a lot. And uh, so much fun. Let know where yeah. they can find you. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at my sex coach. I'm also on Twitter at my sex coach. And from those uh, links, you can find me on Pornhub. You can also, uh, you can find me on Watch Girls Watch Porn. And yeah, I answer all my questions in my DM. So if you have any questions, go ahead and DM me. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Make sure to go check out Watch Girls Watch uh, Porn on Pornhub. You know, don't stay for the extra research because, you know, it's a, it's a wormhole. But <laughs> go, go watch the show. It's a great show. I had a blast watching it. They're nice, short and concise, and they're actually a lot of fun. They're pretty, they're pretty funny. But, hey, thank you so much for coming on. I hope that people were able to, to gain some knowledge that maybe they can use with their significant other, their partner, whatever they want to call their special someone. And, you know, hopefully I can use this, you know, uh, information that I've learned today with my special someone. You know, so uh, thank you so much, man. And I, I can't wait to have awesome. you back on. I hope you'd be willing to come back on again. I would love to. I would love to, Boogie. Thank you for having me on. It was a really fun show. Perfect. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. And welcome Bye. to season two of Block Talk. I see you, Block. <laughs>